Welcome back to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. This episode will be getting us back on track on a regular Monday schedule release. That's good. As you may have heard when I talked about it on the episode last week, I had a little bit of a computer issue that I had to deal with. I'm actually quite amazed that I was able to get the podcast released only one day late. Well, technically not even a day late because I normally release the episodes at 2 a.m. on Monday morning Eastern time here in America, and I ended up putting the episode out, I don't remember, maybe like 10, 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday night. So it was still the same day. Just for my morning commuters who listen at that time, they would have had to wait until Tuesday morning to hear the episode. I thought it was a great episode. I really enjoyed having my son Skyler on for the Father's Day episode of the podcast. And I know he's looking forward to coming back and doing more episodes with me. And I am going to welcome that because I had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it and got some laughs out of it. So for those of you who did listen last week, or even for those of you who didn't, here's a quick little rundown of what happened. My computer took a shit, lots of shits, progressively bigger shits. I was troubleshooting, 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 trying to fix it. I'm pretty handy with computer stuff. I thought I would be able to get the system to a point where even if I had to reinstall Windows completely and start from scratch on my hard drive that I could, my main priority was to use external drives and a special USB enclosure that I bought to remove the old hard drive from my busted-ass PC so that I could transfer files to the external hard drive using my laptop without a need for being able to access Windows since it would not boot into Windows. I was able to do that successfully, but alas, the computer computer was in such a state that I could not even get it to the point to reinstall Windows. I think it was more of a motherboard issue. Clearly, the hard drive was fine. Could have been something. I don't know. But I got fed up. All that to say, on Sunday, so the day before the episode should have aired, or technically the day of, since I would upload it that night to release at 2 a.m. on Monday, I went and bought a new computer. This thing, luckily, is a lot faster. It's a lot more powerful. My old computer, it was like, I don't know, seven, eight years years old. I had done upgrades to it because I also use it for my music recording and I needed to continue to make hardware upgrades and things to allow it to process the software that I use a little better. So last Sunday, I get the computer and now it's probably, I don't know, by the time I got it all set up and I started to install the basic software that I needed to start editing the episode that I recorded with my son via my laptop several days prior to this, it was, I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon. And at my work, at the school I work at, they're having like a summer camp. So normally the school does not open until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I work more of an afternoon and kind of into the 
early nighttime hours, but because of the summer camp, I had to be at the school at 8.30 Monday morning. I figured it was probably biting off more than I could chew, but I said, screw it. I am going to try and release this thing on time. I spent 11 hours nonstop of editing that episode of the podcast, barely breaking only to piss or take a quick nibble off of some food. That is it. My forearm was cramped up the next day because of using the mouse for 11 hours straight. Oh, oh, oh it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. Finally, around 2 a.m. when I'm like, okay, this is when I need to be uploading the podcast and also, you know, like five hours before I have to wake up, I still knew that I had about 90 minutes of work left. I had finished editing the podcast, but then I do that final pass where I add the sound effects and then I have to export it and then I have to upload it. And it was just like, you know what? People are just going to have to wait. Hopefully no one thinks I'm dead. I'll finish it when I get home from the school the next day. Granted, the school, in addition to the summer camp, I still had my normal lessons, so that was a 12-hour day. Then I had to come home and do that remaining work, at which point I uploaded the episode. So I hope you enjoy it. It completely exhausted me, but I feel very comfortable and confident moving forward with the new computer that not only do I have a lot more reliability now with my episodes, but also hopefully the speed at which I can edit these episodes might be even a little faster, which is going to save me a little time. Now, because it has been such an exhausting long week of almost 12-hour days every single day, it is now Thursday. Normally, I record the podcast episode on Monday or Tuesday. Couldn't have done that because I didn't even finish editing and uploading last week's episode until Monday. By Tuesday, I was pooped, and I still had to do show prep, so finally last night, Wednesday, I did my show prep, and now here I am at almost nine o'clock at night after another 12 hour day recording this episode. And then I will just be producing, producing, producing between now and Sunday night to get this out to you on time. Oh, thank you. I would like to point out that ever since I started doing scheduled podcasts and for a while I was doing two a week, then I don't remember when it was, but maybe last December, December, 2021, I did was like, okay, this is just too much. Plus it's hard to come up with that much content content every week. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to once a week on a Monday. But even during the two a week, when I set my own schedule for myself, but during every episode that I have had, where I have given myself a schedule for release, a routine weekly set schedule, I have never, ever missed a deadline until last week. And even then, with all of the shit that went down, it was still not even 24 hours late. So if anybody was upset about the fact that they didn't have the episode waiting for them on Monday morning, you can suck it. You needy sons of bitches. I will say that this was the first time that I ever had a computer die on me. I've, you know, switched out computers in the past, but they were planned upgrades to better systems. And I was able to prepare and back up and do the transition at my own pace. This was very rushed. And sadly, I have had some major system deaths and failures in recent years, so you you got my computer just this winter. My furnace took a big old shit, and it wasn't that long ago that my hot water heater took a big old shit. And they say that deaths come in threes, so I'm hoping that for a long time, I don't have any major deaths from an appliance, electronic, vehicle perspective. Knock on wood.
So let's go ahead and jump right into the topic, shall we? I will admit that I am stealing the name, the title of this episode, Gas Pains, from a CD compilation that was made by a local radio station here in Columbus, Ohio. But I happened to appear on that compilation, and it's not like it's something super creative, but Gas Pains, I want to at least give a quick reference and nod and little footnote asterisk to the Wags and Elliot show, which is no longer a show on QFM 90 in Columbus, Ohio, but yes, I am admittedly stealing the title Gas Pains for this episode. Why? Do you have to ask why? Have you put gas in your tank lately? It's fucking ridiculous. Here in Columbus, Ohio, it is hovering between $5 and $5.10, depending on the gas station you go to. I will tell you that when Biden took office, the national average was $2.39 per gallon. Currently, the national average is $5.01, so pretty much wherever I'm at, that's indicative of what the national average is. I know in California, it's a lot more. I know where my mom lives in South Carolina, it's less. But from a national average perspective, that is a $2.62 increase per gallon, more than double. I'd also like to point out that Biden has been in office for, well, not even a year and a half. So not so good looks for the administration there. But I'm not necessarily pointing the finger at Biden, not saying maybe his administration is not somewhat responsible. But that is a big issue that we have in this modern day and age where everyone blames the current president or the current administration. And especially when you're pointing the finger at a president, that's really stupid. Not sure if you're aware, but the president isn't the one that's making all of these decisions. Laws, legislature, they're signing off on things. They can do executive orders. They can veto things. But rarely is the president the primary reason for anything that's happening in our country. We always just want to blame that one person. That's why it's a shitty, shitty job. And of course, because of that, the current Biden administration, they're pointing fingers at other people like, hey, it ain't us, it's, it's other people. And again, not saying they don't have some responsibility or blame in this. And I'm going to be honest, before we get into this, I am no absolute expert on this. Yes, I did some research last night when I was doing my show prep, but I'm super tired. So, you know, I did enough research to be able to record an episode. Maybe this ain't the best episode that... I have ever put out, but it's content and it's hopefully, hopefully short of some fucking catastrophe on schedule. But of course, the Biden administration is pointing the finger at Russia. Saying that a lot of this is a Russia tax or a Putin tax, essentially saying that we're paying for the fact that Putin has gone to war with the Ukraine. Let me point out that Biden and his administration, they're the ones that turned off the spigot to get oil from Russia. 
Russia's not withholding that oil. We said, nope, we're not buying your oil. That is not a Putin tax, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, you can say, well, you really think that it's okay, Jeff, to support a country that's going into Ukraine and killing innocent women and children? All in the name of trying to prove that he has a bigger dick? No, I don't think that's cool, but we're not really taking any significant actions. I mean, if you think that just saying, we're not going to buy your oil anymore, that ain't that big of a deal, people. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just hurting us here in America. It ain't hurting Putin that much. And honestly, our oil imports from Russia only account for like 8% of our total imported oil. So to say that that little 8% that we turned off the spigot on is the whole reason why our gas has more than doubled? Bull sugar. While we're speaking of imports from other countries of oil, well, a lot of you are probably thinking, you know, I'm guessing most of it comes from like Iraq or Iran, because that's where all the oil is. You would be incorrect. Actually leading the pack of countries that we import oil from at 51% is Canada. Geez, now that hoser's growling. Take off, will you? We're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Tied for second place is Mexico and Russia. Well, was Russia at 8%. Saudi Arabia at 5% and Colombia at 2%. Notice in that top five list... I didn't mention Iran or Iraq, but let's not forget that we don't only just import oil, we also export oil. That's right, we export a lot of oil to people, our domestic oil. Like, for example, 13% of our exported oil goes to Mexico, while 8% of our imported oil comes from Mexico. Does that just seem like a stupid fucking trade to you? Or maybe we just say we're not importing any oil from Mexico, and instead we'll just export the difference. That's like saying, I have a hundred jelly beans. Oh yeah, well I have 73 jelly beans. You wanna trade jelly beans every day? Just eat your own fucking jelly beans. Why are you doing the trade when it actually doesn't work out well for you? I will point out that some of the other countries that we export to, like India, 7% of our exports go to India. We're not getting dick from them from what I can see in the top five. 7% of our exported oil goes to China. China does not like us. Canada gets 10% of our oil. Again, you know, we're getting 51% of our imports from Canada. It just seems silly to offset imports and exports from certain countries. Why don't we just import less oil from Canada and just stop exporting oil to Canada? That seems like it would make more sense. If they have more oil now because we don't need as much from them, I'm sure they can find countries that will take it off their hands. Also, South Korea, they get 6% of our exported oil. So that's the top five of the exports that we do. And I'll tell you that in regards to just these five countries, we export 43% of our own oil production. Why? We have oil here, people. Maybe we need to be a little selfish and say, um, it's our country. We're hurting. We're going to, you know, reduce the amount of exports that we do. And you countries, you're just going to have to fucking figure it out. Now, that's not necessarily the government to blame. These are, you know, privately owned, independent oil businesses. But don't think that when it comes to large corporations like oil, that they don't have their hand in a governmental official pocket and vice versa. These people are all in cahoots, scratching each other's back and rubbing each other's balls when it suits their needs. 
you know, and then you've got a lot of people, you know, the the right wing people that are going to say, well, you know, the current administration or the left, they've made it so difficult for us to drill for oil or fracking or pipelines. And that's why this is happening. We should, you know, tap into more of our own resources. I'm going to point out that even with all of those restrictions and regulations, the United States is currently the leader of the world's oil production. We've been made to think that, you know, over in Iraq, Iran, in the Middle East, that's where all the oil comes from. Sorry, that is not correct. We have it all. But we're sending it out to a bunch of other people, especially people like China, who fucking hate us. Now, while I'm not blaming Biden or the current administration for all of this shit, I do want to point out a few things, but I'm also going to point out some stuff from the other side out of fairness and good journalism shit you're not going to get from your regular news channels. First off, I'm going to point out that the uh, White House press secretary recently said that Biden's policies have, quote, helped the economy get back on its feet. Really? Does anyone feel like the economy is back on its feet? I mean, yes, of course it's better than it was in 2020 because of fucking COVID. And we've reopened the country. But a lot of the reopening of the country is because of the vaccines, which were developed under the Trump administration. So can't really take credit for that one. Also, the White House is currently trying to point fingers and criticize the U.S. energy companies for not increasing domestic production. First off, we're number one in production, but that also means that they know we got more oil. Why aren't you guys doing anything about it? Biden actually said, We're going to make sure that everybody knows Exxon's profits. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God this year. And by the way, nothing's changed. And they're not, by the way, one thing I want to say about the oil companies, they talk about how we have, they have 9,000 permits to drill. They're not drilling. Then he went on to talk about, you know, how he wants to tax oil companies on profits as well as, you know, the fact that they're doing stock buybacks. But threatening to put taxes on these companies, first off, it's just going to hurt them even further, which is going to raise the price on us while putting more money back in the pockets of the government via taxes. We're not going to see that money. So little bit of hypocrisy there. Just a little. Also, on Biden's first day in office, he canceled the permit for the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline to try to reduce environmental impacts. We're so concerned with the environment, even though, let's be honest, people, the environment can wipe us out if it wants. It is way more powerful than us. Well, if the planet's all right, ask the people in Mexico City or Armenia or a hundred other places buried under thousands of tons of earthquake rubble if they feel like a real threat to the planet this week. How about the people in Kilauea, Hawaii, who build their homes right next to an active volcano and then wonder why they have lava in the living room? (laughs) Planet is going to be here a long, long, long time after we're gone, and it will heal itself, it will cleanse itself, because that's what it does. It's a self-correcting system. The air and the water will recover, the earth will be renewed, and say, if it's true that plastic doesn't degrade, well, the planet will simply incorporate plastic into a new paradigm, the earth plus plastic. The planet doesn't share our prejudice towards plastic. Plastic came out of the earth. The earth probably sees plastic as just another one of its children could be the only reason the Earth allowed us to be spawned from it in the first place. It wanted plastic for itself. (laughs) Didn't know how to make it. Needed us. Could be the answer to our age-old philosophical question, why are we here? Plastic. 
assholes. Also, in his first month in office, he signed an executive order halting new leases for fossil fuel development. Now, I will say in full disclosure that 13 GOP state attorneys sued and a federal judge in Louisiana blocked that order. So it never actually took place, which just goes to show that a presidential executive order doesn't really have that much power. A judge in Louisiana stopped it from happening. Quit thinking the president has all kinds of power. You know, also, we live in this society where everyone's trying to make everything go green, electric cars, stuff like that. But that's also causing oil companies to want to drill less because they're afraid of having too much supply and less demand as these changes take place. So again, yes, the government does have a hand in why shit is a mess right now. One thing I will say, in all fairness, again, honest journalistic integrity, is that in Biden's first year in office, 3,557 permits for oil and gas drilling on public lands were approved compared to Trump's first year, during which only 2,658 permits were approved. So they're not exactly, you know, standing in the way of oil production, unless... It threatens our precious, fragile little environment. So going back to the ridiculous increase on gas prices, like why has there been such a dramatic increase that just doesn't seem to stop? Because nothing else is going up like that. The cost of everything else is pretty much the same. Let's also point out that income hasn't really changed, even though the cost to get around to your job has changed by double. As some of you may know from me mentioning this on past episodes, I do DoorDash from time to time, and I will tell you that the pay structure for DoorDash has not changed, despite the fact that these people that are literally delivering food, using gas to do so, have twice the expense to do their job. And going back to the whole, you know, blaming Russia for all of this, I want to remind you, we only got 8% of our imports from Russia. That does not come close to justifying an over 100% increase in gas costs. So another thing, you know, obviously what's going to drive the market price of oil is supply and demand. And everyone's saying, well, now the demand is so much higher because COVID's over and people are actually out and about again. They're using gasoline. They weren't doing that in 2020. Yeah, but we're not really any different than we were in 2019. And the same oil production companies were in place. So why is it that much different? Why aren't they able to keep up with the demand? And I'm going to be honest, there's still a lot of people that are working from home because these companies realized during COVID that they can do that and it didn't really affect their productivity. So, you know, why have a brick and mortar office building that they have to pay rent for and real estate and maintenance crews and cleaning crews? Why do all of that to have someone sit in an office if that person can do the job just as well from their home? So I would have to think that currently the demand for oil or gasoline, rather, is still lower than it was in 2019 when gas was around $2 a gallon. You know, the markets kind of dictate what the price of oil per barrel is. And during COVID, you know, the supply was way more than the demand, which what this did was it dropped the cost of a barrel of oil to, drumroll please, Less than zero. First off, how does any product have a value of less 
than zero. I, I thought we could just stop at zero. And secondly, there was still demand, and it's still a big commodity that apparently wars are happening for. How is it possible that a barrel of oil had a value of less than zero dollars under any circumstance? That's stupid. And what's to say that these companies, when the oil wasn't being used because the demand was lower, why weren't they just stockpiling the shit? Now they have a surplus which would mean to me that still that the gas prices should be lower than they were before. Because not only are they able to manufacture the amount of oil that they were doing in 2019, when I believe demand would have been higher than it still is today, but they would have a surplus. So it's all very incredibly stupid. I am not an expert. I am not a scientist. No shit, Jeff. But I think it's a little ridiculous right now with the level of complacency shown by the American people. Yeah, everyone's upset, but no one's really doing anything. No one's marching in the streets. It's funny how we pick and choose our causes, and for some reason, this isn't one of them. I think it's stupid that we export so much of our oil, especially considering the fact that we produce more oil than any other country in the world. Like, for example, in 2021, the United States exported around 8.6 million barrels of oil per day. They imported around 8.5 million barrels per day. So we're shipping out more than we're bringing in. We're fucking ourselves. We are shooting ourselves in the proverbial foot. If you were running a business... Would this type of agreement make any sense to you? And again, I don't understand how all that shit works, how the trades happen, how the exporting, importing works. But to me, it just seems like there's a lot of fucking common sense missing right now. It seems to me like the United States government would be more incentivized right now to offer something to our domestic oil companies to keep the oil in the United States versus exporting the oil. There has to be some reason some incentive as to why all of this oil is being exported. We're certainly not doing it out of the kindness of our hearts because those people in India just need more gas. And don't worry, I mean, if the government wanted to incentivize the oil companies to keep the domestic oil here and help lower the prices, they're going to end up just taxing them more later. They'll get their money back, don't worry. And even if they don't, it don't matter that much. In 2021, we had a national debt of $28.4 trillion. So once again, clearly illustrating that our trading and our exporting and importing clearly not working out too well for our bottom line. We're in the red just a little bit. So hopefully somehow there is some common sense and this shit gets figured out, but we're talking about big business. We're talking about the government. Don't really see that happening anytime soon. So, you know, we'll discuss this a little more in a month when gas is $47 per gallon. Ah! because it doesn't seem to be stopping. Once again, I want to thank everyone for continuing to tune into the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. As always, you can follow my totally inconsequential and very rarely updated social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. If you would like to check out any of my original music, you can do so by checking out my 2020 solo EP for original songs by searching on pretty much any streaming music platform or YouTube ghosts like you know scary ghosts ghosts by jeff schaefer that's j-e-f 
S-H-A-F-F-E-R. You can also visit my website, jeffschafer.com. I'll also point out that the song at the end of every podcast is off of that four-song EP. That song is called And I Cried. So if you like that song, go check out the other three. I am going to be wrapping up my newest album, which is almost finished here in the near future, and we'll be releasing that, which will include seven brand new songs. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Oh, 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 it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. And I'm Jeff. Geez, now that hoser's growling. Yeah. Take off while you were doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Good night. <laughs> to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I've made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little higher cause I've been burned and I've been burned Time's over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Say, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the worlds have been winding a million times over, but she receded from. I'm going